Welcome to We Are Hospitality, a podcast from the Rhode Island Hospitality Association with your host, me, Bill Bartholomew. So welcome into another edition of We Are Hospitality, the Rhode Island Hospitality Association's weekly podcast and videocast series. I'm Bill Bartholomew, and today we have Kathy Feeney of the Office of Food Protection. So this is something that COVID, no COVID is pretty significant, I would say, in terms of a sustainable hospitality industry. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's get right into it. You're, you're the chief of the Center for Food Protection within the Rhode Island Department of Health. Sounds like a big job. Can you kind of explain it to all of us? Yeah. So um, my department does have a big responsibility. Um, unlike other states, we only have one Department of Health and one Center for Food Protection. And we're really responsible for all the food in the state. Um, So we uh, license and inspect um, restaurants, obviously, but also markets, food trucks. Um, We do healthcare facility uh, food services. We do school food services. Um, We do the special events, you know, the temporary events where they have um, food like, you know, Washington County Fair and um, like, um, Newport Jazz Festival and those type of things. Mm-hmm. And we also do um, dairy. So we do the dairy farms and we check pasteurization and we do the shellfish and make sure that, you know, shellfish is um, received from um, approved sources, you know, uh, waters that are, um, you know, safe for, um, you know, harvesting shellfish. And we also do manufactured food, which is, um, like uh, food processes that make anything from like a tomato sauce to even a bakery or somebody who wants to make like, you know, a barbecue sauce or a relish, cookies, all kinds of things. So we do it all. And we have like about 7,200 licensees doing a variety of different things. In what ways has COVID-19 impacted the hospitality industry in Rhode Island? And how has your job role changed over the past year? Yeah, so um, it was like last March, it was like the rug got pulled out from under all of us. And it was just so devastating when all the restaurants were closed and there was a lockdown. And, you know, my staff were like looking at me like, what do we do now? You know, it was just horrible. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we had to do right away was, um, you know, get in touch with people, give them guidance. If they had cases, we worked with industry, you know, a lot, like a restaurant would call and say, one of my cooks just said he was positive for COVID, what should I do? You know, we're shut down anywhere, we're just open for takeout, that kind of thing. So um, we started working with um, the industry right away, doing things um, like helping them with their COVID um, compliance, Um, making sure that they knew um, when to quarantine and when somebody should be isolated from the facility. And, you know, just trying to figure out what the landscape was, like who was doing takeout, um, who was closed completely, that kind of stuff. Um, So we started doing that. And then really quickly, we started getting activated. So most of my inspectors ended up as part of the COVID team. So we all worked in different groups. One of the groups was actually um, dedicated to um, disease investigation and contact tracing of restaurants and other industries. So we had a whole team just doing that. Um, And we all were working in different jobs. Even myself, I was in charge of like all the um, group homes. So if there Mm. were cases in any of the group homes and we have like 400 group homes with DCYF and uh, behavioral health and, you know, 
talking to those people, if they had cases, how to get tested, all those kinds of things. So we were really busy doing other stuff, but um, we started doing um, helping the industry um, by making phone calls. Um, a lot of people had questions about what they could and couldn't do. So, and we provided a lot of guidance documents. We sent out a lot of emails with different, um, you know, guidance on how to do, you know, take out safely, or a lot of people wanted to stop processing something so that they could increase their business. And, you know, we'd help them with that kind of stuff too. What are some of the adjustments or adaptations that have been made because of COVID that will change the future work of the de Department of Health? Well, it was funny because um, I think that it's like, we really learned to use technology in a different way. You know, um, we had never done virtual inspections. That was just something we didn't do. And we didn't even do appointments before really. You know, it was always an unannounced inspection except for, for an opening we would call ahead and make an appointment. But we started doing a lot of stuff virtually and it was working out really well. So we, you know, especially for like something like an opening if somebody wants to open, you know, there isn't a lot of stuff there to even watch because nobody's actually preparing food. So we would be able to do that virtually. So we started using all kinds of different um, ways of doing that. And then um, we were having more of our meetings virtually um, in training. We were doing a lot of training, um, you know, all virtual. Um, we're much more um, conscientious about physical distancing and hand washing. But I have to say it was interesting because the food industry is one industry where they used to wash in their hands. It wasn't anything new to them. Sure. They were like right on it. It was like amazing, you know, because they always did it. That's the way they operate. The biggest problem in the kitchens is the physical distancing because, you know, kitchens are small. So, you know, our inspectors were very aware of that and they didn't want to be another person in a, in a crowded kitchen. So, you know, we worked around it. Um, when, when you know, usually we go when they're busy or when they're at least they're doing something, but we were going at times when they weren't busy and we were telling them we were coming, you know, and it was working out fine. So I think that, and also that we became very uh, much a partner with the industry and very empathetic to what was going on. You know, it was, you know, we were really upset um, as the industry was and we could feel their pain, so to speak, because, you know, they're losing money. You know, it was, it was just horrible, you know, just very, very difficult for people. And we certainly understood that and tried to work with them and help them as much as we could without, you know, having them do something that they could wait to do. Like if it was something that was going to cost them money, we'd put it off, you know, just leave status quo for now. You don't need your new floor right now, even though your floor needs to be replaced at some point, wait till you get back on your feet, you know, that mm. kind of stuff. What recommendations do you have for businesses, especially in the food service industry, and what tools are provided to businesses in Rhode Island to help them operate safely? So what we did was, because we had a lot of time when people had um, more of a chance to work on projects, we actually ended up doing a lot of guidance documents, you know, geared for industry, and we actually had them translated into um, six languages. So we have like um, Haitian, Khmer, Portuguese, Spanish, Chinese. Um, and it's, I think it's, you know, 
been in, um, you know, it just helps the industry because there's a lot of people who speak different languages working in restaurants. So having these kind of guidance documents in multiple languages is really helpful when we go out and, you know, we give them to the owners or, the, you know, the managers and they're able to communicate better with their staff or even make posters and put them up. So that was one of the things that um, we did to help them operate. We're also like really encouraging them to um, come to us if they need guidance. You know, a lot of times they'll go through a third party, which is fine because they need the assistance and they want to have somebody there, but never feel like you can't call the Department of Health. We're always there. We'll answer your questions. We'll walk you through it. And the earlier you call, the better, because then you haven't done something that you have to undo. So like if you're building a restaurant, you know, and doing construction, we always tell them, come in with your blueprints. We don't want anybody to have to like move a sink after the fact, you know, so come in, we'll talk you through it. We'll work with you or not even come in anymore. It's more like we'll do it virtually. You know, we'll, we'll set up a, a team. We use teams a lot. So our zoom meeting with industry and help them through that way. Sometimes we go out in the field and we work with them then. <clears throat> Just developing partnerships. Basically. Yeah, really. I mean, we always did, but I think right now we're really like trying to help them more than ever because we want them to succeed. You know, um, it's really, really important to us that the restaurant industry does well. Nothing hurts us more than when you see somebody open and then they don't make it. It's very upsetting to everybody. We were rooting for them, you know, from the time we open them, you know, all throughout their whole um, business. What about your relationship with the uh, Rhode Island Hospitality Association. What's that been like? What changed in COVID, if anything? And and what's that partnership like? I think it was like, um, you know, became even stronger. It's always been strong. I have to say we work together very, very well. We want the same things. We want to keep the standards high for the industry. That's what Rhode Island Hospitality Association wants. They want to educate members. We want to educate members. We don't want anybody to get sick. They don't. You know, we want it to be a thriving industry and that's what they're all about as well. So we always work together well, but I think it's almost like we became more partners in, in helping industry get out of this, you know, and really like, really like doing everything we can to, you know, get through this pandemic, kind of like, you know, um, working together, making sure that we're protecting the industry. You know, there's people who want to like, you know, start a restaurant not a restaurant, but they want to sell food on the side of the road and things like that. And, you know, we want people to have it to be a level playing field so that, you know, everybody has to follow the same rules and we keep our standards high and we make sure nobody gets sick because that would be a disaster for tourism and everything else. It's a, you know, if one, if somebody gets sick on shellfish, it's bad for the whole industry. Yeah. So, you know, we work very closely with hospitality association to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Kathy Feeney, she's with the Office of Food Protection over at the Rhode Island Department of Health, who have been thrusted into the spotlight over the last year and change. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of We Are Hospitality from the Rhode Island Hospitality Association. For more information, visit rihospitality.org or search RI Hospitality on your preferred social media platform.